0: Simmons hold out lots of college football and NFL surprises and a week three preview up next. Bequan cut the music. We are back six inside episode 26 or somewhere around there. We got everyone. Howlinen's just kind of gone at this point. Uh, I think he's in... uh,
1: He'll be back for basketball season.
0: He'll be back for basketball. He's just on hiatus teaching and stuff. But we have Kylie Schultz and Seattle here. A lot to get into today, so let's get right to it. Uh, First off, my personal favorite topic, Ben Simmons, is holding out officially from 76ers camp. He does not plan on reporting. I will give my thoughts on the whole situation at the end. But uh, where kind of two questions here one what jersey is ben simmons wearing at the start of the year and two kind of building off of that how does this end up playing out
2: um if you look at the just on the odds the two favorites right now are the minnesota minnesota timberwolves at plus 400 and the houston rockets at plus 450 and then right behind them are the sacramento kings at plus 650 um and then after that you got the spurs warriors and raptors all tied at plus 800 warriors makes sense because they were one of the only teams that was really rumored of even being close to coming to a deal um and that was at the kind of closer to the nba draft when when um daryl morey was uh asking a lot for ben simmons um probably more so than he was really worth um but uh Um, That was just kind of what really has caused this thing to go on for so long is that he's valued him as a superstar prospect still. And uh, the league is not willing to give up um, a lot of assets to really, uh, to really get him. So it it seems like the teams that are really mainly interested are teams that have um, starters who have larger salaries um that they can move off specifically at the guard position like john wall uh, like d'angelo russell um buddy healed those kind of players that can they can move off in terms of a swap type deal for ben simmons that's probably what's most likely going to happen um uh, but we'll see
1: i think i can agree with i mean the odds sound about right um I think the Timberwolves make a lot of sense just because they've been a team that's had these really solid pieces for so long. They have Carl Anthony Towns. There's a debate in some some circles whether or not he's worth the max, Tom Fritz. Other than that, he's worth the max for everybody else. <laughs> um, and then they also have Anthony Edwards. So they And then they have some solid pieces Pieces like, uh, shoot, what's Beasley? Malik Beasley, he, he looked good in spurts last year. Um, they have – Josh Akoji, who's looked solid. They have players like that could be solid pieces around a solid team, and I think Simmons going there um, in replace of D'Angelo Russell could be what they need. They have a lot of shooters already, so I think Simmons fit-wise would have a solid fit there. They have Carl Anthony Towns, who's a very mobile uh, five, and I like that fit a lot, and I think that it immediately elevates the Timberwolves to a playoff contending team, um, maybe a team that could get into those middle – seeds like the four five six seven eight that kind of area um does it make them a nba finals contender probably not but i think that's something that the timberwolves will be looking for um just right off the bat given their young talent that they have with anthony edwards and the other guys that i mentioned Um, and i just kind of want to see if they can get that done and they have the player like chris was saying to get that done with d'angelo russell's contract
0: RIP Jared Culver too. He's uh no He's longer so with the bad. team.
1: He's with the Grizzlies now. Uh I don't know. What a what waste of a pick. With that that's match. like a fr- that's what that's why they've made the playoffs. Yeah. If they had a kid on that pick, they would have yeah, them. real quick yeah.
0: on the Timberwolves. Uh, just want to give a shout out to their new head of basketball operations. He uh I'm going to I'm not even going to say his name, but he is the guy who created the ESPN trade machine for the espn nba trade machine that was his project when he worked there and then he got hired to the timberwolves for an office and now he's head of basketball operations so there's a little fun fact kylie over to you
3: i think you guys have kind of touched on all the points i was going to make the timberwolves are the most likely destination and it's interesting to see that all these rumors are going around as they make a change in the basketball operations maybe the Ownership really wanted them to go after him and the current guy or the guy that just got fired didn't want to do that. So maybe this new guy was on board with it and they gave him the position. I think D'Angelo Russell would be the piece to go. And I think it'd be it'd be interesting to see how him and Anthony Edwards fit alongside each other seems like Edwards likes to have the ball in his hands and Simmons likes to distribute because he can't shoot so I think it would just take some time to get used to but adding that talent to the current roster would be a a big jump and I'm interested to see if the Pacers come up in any potential rumors because they did offer Brogdon in the first round pick for Simmons uh, a little bit before the draft so I don't really know what we'd be able to give up for that, and what that value is at. But... was that a confirmed deal that was offered?
0: Those things will never get officially confirmed, but that sounds about right. Brogdon and I Miller. just feel like
1: that would be an absolute ridiculous. I would, if I'm the Sixers, I would have taken that. Brogdon, I would, and Brogdon. first. Yeah, I, I just, think. I guess more so now, right now,
3: I would. Yeah, now you would take that, but at the time the it play, seemed like they could get a little some more steeped. value. I think a little bit, but I, I, think I really like Rodman's fit
0: on teams. You
3: yeah, think they'll it, get more?
0: I think they'll get more. Like my destination still, like nothing has really changed for me. I still want to see the CJ for Ben Simmons swap. Like that is still what I'm looking for with Portland. Um, at this point, I don't know how you can really get draft picks going the other way. Philly might have to settle for a straight up swap, but in my eyes that really makes a ton of sense for both teams. Um, having Simmons kind of slot into Portland, he wouldn't have to play point guard and he would give them that multi-positional defender who could play alongside Robert Covington. He's done it before and just really amp up that defense. He wouldn't need to score. Um, it just really offers a good opportunity to kind of get that value back. Cause I, I really believe with Portland, they, they have to make some sort of change this year. Now they've already, I think, gotten better defensively by not having Ennis Cantor and Carmelo Anthony on the same team, let alone the same lineup anymore. Um, but that's still, it's hard for me to move off of that fit right there. I just feel like it makes a ton of sense for both teams. It's just a question of when does that happen in my eyes? I think it will eventually. I just don't know at what point it will, because it's, uh, it's ugly. It's very ugly right now. And Philly's, uh, Philly's kind of screwed at this point in time. Um, I saw someone say like, wow, Ben Simmons value has never been lower because of all this stuff that came out. I disagree with that strongly. And the response to the tweet was his value was at its lowest when he didn't dunk on Trey Young in the playoffs. So value hasn't necessarily changed here, but uh, it's ugly. And the Sixers will uh, hopefully, hopefully it works out for them, but it ain't looking pretty right now. Um, Yeah,
2: I I just feel like this is a situation, though, that I I don't really blame the Sixers as an organization, though. I feel like it's just mainly that Ben Simmons has just declined as a player uh, since he's come into the league. Um, And it's just uh, the evaluation that they put on him with his contract when they made that extension. It just is not where it currently stands anymore. And they're going to have trouble, you know, getting exactly what they want in return for him because um for all those reasons and, and you, just, you and
0: have the salary matching piece in there too which right, exactly. greatly makes things a lot more difficult yeah so yeah he uh he hasn't really improved since he's gone in the league and eyes. um let alone to the point of kind of where he should be at with that extension not saying he's put a fork in him he's done but uh It's ugly, and Philly is uh, today's biggest loser. Honestly,
2: he's still a solid player, but it's just (laughs) it's like when he came into the league, it's or his first year that he played in the in the NBA. Since his first season, he sat out. Um, his first season he played, he was incredible. Yeah, and ever since then, it's just you know, I feel like there's always been a promise of you know adding a shooting element to his game, and it has never really come to fruition. On in the in an actual basketball yeah. game, it's all always been like highlights and the workout videos. videos, yeah, workout <laughs> videos and stuff like that. And it's just, I don't know, it's it, it's it, I feel like it's just kind of weird to be a player and promise this certain thing, and then not really like live up to it. You know, it's like Bryson DeChambeau, even even though he's like a, a weirdo, um, you know, said that he was going to add all this distance and everything, and he did it. And he became like the longest driver in the PGA tour. But I feel like in this, in this situation, it's like, Ben's like, okay, I'm shooting threes. But then it's like, okay, actually I'm not like, sorry yeah. guys. You get tricked too.
0: <laughs> and I mean like he's, he's been shooting with the wrong hand too his whole career. So there's that piece too, but he's not going to
1: like, not going to until die. he adds a shot. He's just kind of irrelevant in my eyes. Like he's never going to be the guy that can take over a game and lead a team. So he, he
0: would make a good supplemental Simmons. piece.
1: Maybe. Yeah.
0: Okay. We've given Ben Simmons way too much time. Um, <laughs> so we're going to move on to more relevant things that are a little more clear cut. Cause they happened last week, college football and NFL, uh, great week in both, honestly, a lot of very, very strong games NFL specifically. I don't know if there was a weak game. Uh, Joe Lakeup just got fined for tampering with Ben Simmons. So that's the Warriors, uh, president. Um, So that's fun. Uh, but yeah, no NFL and college football last week. were awesome. We'll start with college games. Uh, just kind of talking like biggest surprises from last week and what, uh, what games we enjoyed watching. Uh, I'll talk first about one I did not enjoy at all. Clemson and Georgia tech. Uh, this is the best Clemson defense I think I've ever seen. And also the worst Clemson offense that I've ever seen. Uh, I am awfully close <laughs> to hopping off the uh, DJ train. He has not looked uh, good at all. But with that being said, no one really has on on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, Clemson right now, unless something drastically changes with their offense, does not deserve to be a playoff team or even in contention, especially given how weak the ACC is. And in my eyes, too, them and Ohio State should currently be beneath Florida, even though Florida is coming off of a loss. So that's my tangent on the Clemson Tigers.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll take the I'll take your little Florida cue and talk about the Bama Florida game. It's one of the. I didn't watch a ton of games this weekend, but that was one of the ones that I did catch. Um, Mostly, it's just the second half, unfortunately, Um, because Bama was up twenty-one to three at half or after the first quarter in that game. And after watching that first quarter, or after checking the score of the first quarter, I was like, "Oh, I don't even need to watch it" because I was late getting like to getting to the TV to watch that game. And then I checked in going into the fourth quarter, and Bama was or uh, Florida had surged back into not the lead, but they were getting there. I don't know. At Bama's defense, I do think Bama, it shows that Bama is beatable, but it also, I think it's more of a good sign for Alabama. They went in to Florida into Gainesville with a quarterback that hasn't started a game in the SEC, and he played pretty well for a guy who's never played in an atmosphere quite like that. And obviously, 31 to 29 isn't ideal uh, for a scoreline on a team like Alabama after you're up 21 to three, but I think it shows promise for the future. Um, so yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for that is Bryce young gets his first big win in the, in a hostile environment in Gainesville and looked pretty comfortable, Looked pretty comfortable doing it. They got a little complacent in the second half from what I could tell they were just running the ball more and they were just playing a very conservative style. I think it was more so just because they had that, uh, Bryce young. So they didn't want him. Didn't want to force him to make plays going into a game that was, it seemed like it was comfortable, uh, at halftime. But I think that's probably my biggest takeaway. Just Bam is still good. Um, Bryce Young, valuable experience.
3: I had a few surprises from the weekend. I think a few teams that stand out to me wasn't really expecting was Fresno State is actually really good. They beat UCLA at UCLA. And week one, they barely lost to Oregon, who, as we know, beat Ohio State. So They've proven they're a group of five team that is going to be very good. I mean, their quarterback threw for 455 yards. So, you know, they're airing it out. I'm sure they're going to start getting into conference play. So won't be any power five schools really having to run into them, but they looked really good. few other ones, Ole Miss, I think, is legit. They beat a really good two-lane team. And Smoke them. beat them. By a lot. Uh Matt Corral is now the Heisman favorite. And I think he's earned that at this point. We'll see kind of how he does as they get more into SEC play. But their next game's at,
1: their next game's in Tuscaloosa. So we'll, Bama. we'll have a pretty good indicator uh how they're gonna be how he's gonna yeah. be the rest of the
3: year. I mean he did pretty decent against Bama last year, so we'll see how he can carry that on. Also BYU. If he does well. If he does well, he, he'll um
2: he'll definitely be like a top five mocked to pick, like yeah across the board.
0: He'll climb. Um,
2: yeah, I think I was, like, especially with how Rattler's been playing. I mean, there's I feel like it's possible and how
0: can... Yeah. Right now the top quarterbacks are I think Rattler's still up there. And then you have Liberty's quarterback and Nevada's quarterback as well. Uh have been really yeah. really impressive people i haven't watched some of those
2: and sam howell he's, How... still, he, he's bounced back he's bounced back a little bit from
0: uh, i feel, I feel bad for him he, he lost so much like he lost so much talent yeah um
2: but he still he still has a, a great arm and he's a he's a good athlete so i feel like um i mean i i think it's he, he'll kind i think he'll kind of end up being a little bit like mac jones was in the draft you know kind of a sum of the parts quarterback um, but I think they'll end up, you know, in his favor of going to a good team.
3: Mm-hmm. Can agree with that. I've got one yeah. more team that has impressed me this far, and that's Arkansas. Yeah, they played Georgia Southern this week, but that's a team that's been pretty good as of late, and they smacked Texas around last week, and they've got A&M at home this week, and I think – I really like their chances in that game. They've looked really solid. I like what their coach has built down there. Uh, it kind of it seems as though they're headed in the right direction, and he's built a really tough physical team. And I think they're going to start getting more recruits, and they continue to climb the rankings. So we'll see if they can continue that against AM. But I think at home, they've got a really good shot there. AM has looked shaky at best. I think for me, the biggest surprises um, uh, from last week
2: um, were mainly just uh, kind of how Oklahoma has really started off this season. I'm, I still have really been surprised by Rattler's poor play, um, but I still think they have a really good team. I mean, if, if, if Rattler can just improve um, and get back to kind of the level that he was playing at last season, I still think, I still think they could be... Um, you know, a sleeper uh, among the four teams that are probably going to make the college football playoff. Um, they just are so, like Lincoln Riley, I still really believe in him as a play caller. Uh, and uh, I, I think Oklahoma will get better, but it's definitely been surprising to me to see how, how badly they've been playing against some of these uh, um, lower ranked teams like Nebraska and Tulane. Um, even though they're, like Tulane is pretty solid, uh, I was definitely surprised that it was that close of a game, um, but that's just been kind of a season-long thing. Um, but uh, BYU continues to impress me too, um, even though they've you know they lost Zach Wilson in the draft and everything. I think it just shows that they are a consistent school and they're going to be great when it when they get to the Big Twelve.
0: I got to give Michigan a shout out too. Uh, I was not expecting much from them but they definitely continuously taking care of business. Um, they don't have, they have Rutgers this week. So sorry, Rutgers, but not much of a, not much of a challenge there, but uh, overall Michigan's really impressed me. So I guess now I uh, kind of shift in here from last week into this upcoming week. What, uh, what games are we looking for or uh, looking forward to? And then what, uh, what picks do we have? Betting wise, of course, because we have to talk betting
1: um obviously i'll go wisconsin notre dame this week um i have no idea how this team's gonna go to be honest both of these teams have looked very underwhelming it's gonna be, ugly. It's gonna be yeah, an ugly it's S- gonna game. be an ugly game it's <laughs> gonna be a very wisconsin game it's just i think there's gonna be a lot of ground and pound um we'll see how jack Cohn looks against wisconsin honestly I don't. Know, it's in it's at soldier field so there's gonna be a pretty solid showing from both sides i'd say It's going to be a pretty true neutral game. If I had to guess Um, Wisconsin fans, obviously travel really well and there's Notre Dame fans slash like pretend fans everywhere around. So I think it's going to be a pretty good showing. Um, I'm hesitant, but I'm going to lean Wisconsin on this one. They're favored by six and a half, which is pretty crazy. I don't think they deserve that line, but I just don't think Notre Dame has been impressive in any of the games that they've played in and Wisconsin, yeah, they lost week one to Penn State, but Penn State has since beat um, Auburn on the road, which for some reason Kylie didn't bring up, which is kind of hilarious. Um, Lord am. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> but, uh, on the road. <laughs> you know what I mean. They beat Auburn, who's on the road, sorry. But um, I don't know. I don't think Wisconsin is as bad as I was initially expecting, just because I think Penn State may maybe is a little better. Um So if that's the case, then Wisconsin's defense is clearly at least all right. Um, Whereas Notre Dame, I haven't really been impressed with either side of the ball. For them, they've given up. They almost lost to Florida State, and that's pretty much all we should know about Notre Dame. Um, But, yeah, we'll see. I think Chesma Lucy is going to really show whether or not he's a good running back or not behind that line. The line needs to play well. They didn't play great against uh, Penn State week one. But, yeah.
3: Yeah, so (laughs) – Actually, the A&M versus Arkansas game is at Jerry's World in Ooh. Dallas. So it might be a, probably most likely be a majority A&M crowd, but I still like Arkansas to win the game. I think they've looked a lot better than A&M, and I'm pretty sure A&M's quarterback either is hurt or got benched. So there's some question marks there. Um. You know, NC State is always a upset team, regardless of how how good they are. And Clemson's headed to NC State this week. And for how shaky Clemson has looked, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go down. I don't know how NC State's really doing this year, but, I mean, I feel like them in Iowa State, just historic, like the last few years, have just been upset city, so... That's another game. I think there's not too many great games this week, but, yeah. It's you're another one to keep for, an eye um, on.
0: You're not excited for Penn State Nova? <laughs> I'm surprised.
3: That's going to be a slaughter. <laughs> Nova
0: money line right there. Great value. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess a and Arkansas I'm pretty excited for. Uh, the other one that I'll probably be watching is Tennessee-Florida. Those games are always – pretty ugly um they do not like each other and so i'm very much uh looking forward to that as far as picks go the one that i keep somewhat attaching myself to which could just be me being in denial due to our performance against them last week but uh georgia tech this week is playing uh, let me find it georgia tech's playing unc and unc's favored by 12 and a half and i kind of like georgia tech plus 12 and a half there. So that's the pick I'm going with. I'll kind of lead off the picks. That there. game's
3: at Mercedes-Benz where the Falcons yeah. play.
0: Yeah, so uh that's that's mine. I have a I have a good history though of like large spreads going in my favor. I've seen by Texans uh plus 13 and a half last week. That that worked. So um more on them later. But uh Seattle, what uh what are you looking forward to this weekend?
2: Um, well, there's w- one game in particular. Uh, I have some future bets on. I had have the under seven and a half w- t- total team total wins, um, team total wins for UCLA. Sorry, under seven and a half team total wins for UCLA and the over four for Stanford. And they both play each other this week. UCLA is on the road at Stanford, so it's a big game for my futures. Um, I do like Stanford overall in the game, so I may bet them you know, hopefully so that everything goes into my favor. Uh, um, And then the other game um, uh, that I I really like from a betting perspective is uh, California golden bears are at the Washington Huskies. And I love the Cal golden bears. The Huskies have been terrible this season. (laughs) Um, They've been so bad. Uh, Their quarterback situation has been completely terrible and Jimmy Lake has just been a complete disappointment as the head coach. The defense is still really solid, but the offense just so bland and boring. And their offensive coordinator was one of the offensive assistants for the Jaguars a few years ago. So, I mean, that just tells you how low they've stooped to bring in for coaching talent. Um, And the, and California, I mean, they have a, they have a good quarterback. Chase Garbers is a very solid starter for them. Um, and their offense has been you know, very competent for a few seasons in the Pac-12. They always play Washington tough. And for some reason, they're seven and a half point favorites or underdogs, actually. Sorry, I misspoke. Um, but they're are seven and a half point underdogs um, against Washington. Um, I think this is a great spot for them to to, you know, I would I would I would honestly bet them on the money line. Um, just ride it out. Like what it's amazing value against a Washington team that has just been completely struggling this year against top quality opponents.
0: Any other bet picks for this week? We have uh we got that one there. I gave mine.
1: <laughs> um shit. I'll go. Um I don't know. There's a few there's one other game that I could talk. Kansas State,
3: Oklahoma State, I think is gonna be a pretty solid game. Yeah, that's the one I was gonna. About. i was gonna yeah go for it you can, you can no you can talk about it i mean so kansas state is ranked and they're plus 198 to win but I, I i think oklahoma state's gonna beat them and they're minus five and a half So I'm looking at the spread there for Oklahoma State. They're undefeated. They're at home. They beat a pretty good Boise State team and Tulsa, who just gave Ohio State a run for their money. So I'm not completely sold on Kansas State. I know they're ranked, but I guess you could take that either way. There's pretty good value for a ranked team, but I like the Oklahoma State spread there. And I also like South Carolina. Sorry, Garrett plus 172 at home against Kentucky.
1: I am just I'll just say one that I don't even I, no basis off of this. so don't don't put money on this, but I'm I'm doing it just for public record. Uh let's take I'm going to take Rutgers plus 20 at the big house. We'll see if Michigan's for real because Chris just said that Washington sucks and that's the only game that Michigan's played that's even been like against a solid team. So we'll see how they look against Rutgers. Rutgers has always – or has been sneaky good the last two seasons, I think. So they're not sneaky good, but sneaky like they can take – they can at least cover. So we'll see how they look. Um, Maybe they'll come in complacent. Usually do. It's Michigan. They lose the big games. They lose any game that they're supposed to win. So
2: the thing about Rutgers. The thing about Washington is that they literally have a five-star recruit at quarterback, and they're just not playing him. They're just playing somebody else, and it's just sort of. And he's just been very average, or not even average. He's been bad, and for some <laughs> reason they just don't want to make the change, and it's been kind of disappointing because going into the season, they were ranked in the top twenty-five. You know, this should have been a season that you know had high expectations, and uh, yeah, no, it's just kind of classic for UW.
1: blake
2: South's got, got to make the teams. call
0: over.
1: Oh, actually, well, Coastal you- Carolina. Minus 36, lock of the year, lock of the century against the Minutemen. Oh, Let's man. go Clears, baby. <laughs> Grayson McCall for president.
3: And they high almost lost last week. Yeah, they were fine. Buffalo. Send them to the American, baby. Send them both. Every, we'll every have, year. And we'll, we're we'll starting have more expansion
0: talk, too. It's coming. Like, we, we were kind of ahead of the game. Like a day or two after we talked about like what teams were also gonna like head to other places, teams mm-hmm. started talking about heading to other places. So well, it's because they listen. So they listen. The right? effect. They're one of the we twenty. Have thirty-eight. That's big. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. Have 30. <laughs> Beautiful. Whatever the number is. Uh, last week, uh, in the NFL, for me personally, could have been my favorite Sunday slate of games ever. Uh, I don't know of. I, I guess Bills Dolphins was bad and. Pats Jets was bad, but it was really funny to watch. Um, All the games was funnier to watch with Higley. Oh man,
2: I can imagine. All
0: the games (laughs) were entertaining, though, at the very least, outside of that Bills Dolphins game. That game just sucked. Uh, Yeah,
2: the Bills have not been impressive to start the season, even even though they they, won thirty five nothing. Yeah, yeah, they were not that that good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like it's strange. Like if you watch how the Bills were playing, the fact that they won thirty five to nothing is like shocking yeah like that's like a 14 to 7 win in the snow or something
2: yeah J- josh allen had like a 53 pff grade that game so that's pretty incredible that you can win 35 to nothing when your quarterback is literally just being so inefficient
1: <laughs> the dolphins look terrible like yeah well, they, their defense is still forcing turn their offensive line is just absolutely terrible i'm amazed yeah. at how bad they are
2: and it's really, it's not even really, it wasn't even really Jacoby Brissett's fault that they got down so bad in that game. It was really that just, he just had no time to, to throw and not like he was getting no help from the offensive line at all that game. Um, and, they, and they, I mean, they have, and they have solid receivers too, like yes. Parker, Waddle, Kasiki. like that's enough to get you done, you know, give you some points for most teams. And for some reason they just, you know, they can't protect the quarterback.
1: Six sacks that game. That's a
2: lot
3: of sacks.
1: You don't want your
3: quarterback taking six sacks. It's interesting to look at that because Tua's a lefty, so the blind side's flipping with Jacoby, and I'm pretty sure their left tackle's like the weaker guy on the offensive line. So I don't know if maybe they flip the right tackle and left tackle just to stay on the blind side, but definitely interesting to see with Tua being out for at least this game.
0: So not yeah. a, not a fun stat for Miami fans, but uh, they're giving up four sacks a game. The only teams behind them, Tennessee's giving up four and a half, but that kind of makes sense. Given the first game, Cincinnati's giving up four and a half, sorry, hot. And then uh, <laughs> the Jets are giving up five a game.
1: Yeah. Oh. That, that <laughs> offensive line is disgustingly bad. Like Did you guys see the I've watched of- both. I've watched both games like. I've watched both full games just cause I'm with Higley, and I'm just like, damn bro. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like it's did, not even like Zach Wilson's that. a chance.
0: There was the one Zach Wilson interception. Like the little kid did a breakdown of it on yeah, TikTok, TikTok where like you have the left tackles, like holding someone, the left guards, holding someone, the centers on his back, the right guard and right tackler touching each other. And there's just a dude in his face and he still throws the ball to the middle of the field, just right into a Pat's defender's arms. Um, It's been rough for them and with Beckton going down too. Yeah, uh,
3: that doesn't help. uh, It's not
0: pretty. Speaking of going down, uh, I need to talk about (laughs) Tyrod Taylor. I am of the belief that we win that game if Tyrod does not get hurt. Uh, We, being the Texans, obviously. I'm actually a member of their organization. That's why I'm saying we. Uh, No, but (laughs) we, like, the Texans looked really, really good. It is the best we have looked in quite some like i don't know two years but it's been a long ass two years let me tell you um we look strong and then tyrod gets hurt davis mills comes in bless his heart he was not ready uh he ended up improving a little bit but we should have won that game if we were healthy
1: Um, at least he's got a short week to prepare
0: yeah. And what better way to do it? So Tyrod's out four weeks. Uh, he's on IR. Nico Collins got added to IR as well. Um, and yeah, now we have a short week before the Panthers game upcoming on Thursday, which uh, I'm not the most confident in, but uh, we'll we'll have more on that later. So I just wanted to give a quick uh, Texan shout. It's not even that the Browns looked bad. We just like, our defense was actually just disgusting against them. And our offensive line is also like, I'll be interested to see what I'll say this. I will be interested to see what the numbers are on our offensive line at the end of the year, because as of right now, they're passing the eye test with flying colors. Like I have never seen something like that from a Texans offensive
2: line. The pass blocking grades have been good. It's been, it, and it's, it, it's been the running run blocking. That's been the, that has been, uh, but a bit that doesn't really matter because they've been passing a lot, mainly.
0: Sorry, Kevin Kiermaier just got thrown at. Uh, more on that oh, later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll j- jump in here, um, switch the focus a little bit. I guess not really because Texans are playing Panthers next week. But are the Saints, like, good or are they not good? Or, like, they've literally done two opposites from their first two games. Jameis looked terrible this past week, and he looked awesome the week before. I admittedly didn't watch this game all the way through. I just saw the highlights from red zone, but from what I also Sam Darnold's looked phenomenal from what I've seen. Um, There's been a lot of really good things that I've seen from the Panthers. Do I think they're a playoff team? Probably not yet, but I think from an organizational standpoint, the Panthers have looked really good and really promising. The defense looks really solid. And I think the Panthers, I don't think, I think the Saints probably had an off game more than the Panthers dominated them. Um, But regardless, the Panthers looked really good against a really good Saints defense. Um, I just wanted to shout them out, especially since they have a short week coming up. They play tomorrow.
3: Yeah. Also pretty
1: easy when you're Darnold, when you have McCaffrey. Like, at the very minimum, (laughs) you just throw a little dump off to McCaffrey and it'll get you 10 yards.
3: Compared to Frank Gore. (laughs) 40-year-old Frank Gore. (laughs) He's I think going into yeah, thing,
0: boxing now. He's doing boxing now. I think. Yeah, that's just gonna.
3: Man the doesn't stop. He just, <laughs> just loves kind of damage. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what the hell, Frank? We love you.
2: I think the thing with the Panthers is that their defense has just kind of low key become one of the best in the NFL. Like they they have a lot of solid pass rushers and coverage guys, and um like the people that they've drafted in the first round, like JC Horn. I, I've talked about him recently, and Jeremy Chin. They've been really solid Eric Brown uh, yeah Brian burns Brian burns. burns he's been really good on the defensive line um, and and even Shaq Thompson has still you know remained a, a a solid part of that team from when you know they drafted him uh, um, early in like 2014 2013 um, when they when when they made the Super Bowl he's kind of been the one player that's been left over from those years and he's still been really solid for them. Um, But I agree with about the Sam Darnold stuff. It seems like he can add him to the list of Ryan Tannehill, maybe soon as quarterbacks that have just um, taken a big step forward after getting out of the Adam Gase offense. (laughs) It's just nuts. Yeah. It's just nuts. i just like Adam Gase is just destroys QBs. I don't know how uh, he was the offensive coordinator for that. Those legendary um, Broncos teams, you know, that were probably some of the best offensive teams and, NFL history, I just don't know how that's possible that he could be so bad with uh, um, a legitimately good talent, it seems like, in Darnold and Tannehill.
3: Yeah, I've got a couple things to point out that I saw last week. I think the Eagles' defense is actually really good. They've let up a combined 23 points over their first two games. And I know the 49ers are banged up at running back, so that kind of makes the offense one-dimensional. But that's a team that scored, what, like 40 points in week one, and they scored 17. So I think the Philly defense definitely going to help out with Jalen Hurts and his progression this year. And especially in that division with a lot of question marks, I think that could help them maybe – Poke their head through to potentially the top. Maybe not. With I think Dallas looks really good as well. That game was really good with the Chargers. I think those are two really solid teams that we'll see continue to play good football. And one more is kind of or I guess I have two more points, but I'll I'll go with the first one that I got a question. So the Cardinals an issue that they've had, especially last year, was the inconsistency. And you see them absolutely blow the doors off the Titans and then barely beat the Vikings. So you already are seeing that inconsistency. I know it's hard to win any game in the NFL, but you'd like to see them continue to improve on their performance in week one. And I think they kind of took a step back, but still early in the season, and they got some promise out of Rondell Moore. I think he'll continue to grow in that offense. And my question is, I know that the Broncos haven't played the best of opponents, but as we've mentioned before, they're about a quarterback away from being real contenders with that defense. Do you think the Broncos are for real? And why is the AFC West actually really good this year so far
1: um before we mention that i just want to say the cardinals probably lose that game last year so from that perspective that's at least a step up i think they've looked good definitely in crunch time i mean kyler they should have probably still lost they missed that field goal but kyler got them down the field and got them into the position to win so just from that perspective at least they've improved enough to win those close games um, in terms of Teddy Bridgewater, I think my perspective probably hasn't changed a whole lot on, uh, how I view Teddy. Teddy, Bridgewater is more of a game manager than a game winner. So I do think they're a solid team. They played the Jaguars who are probably still the worst team in the NFL. Um, just based off of optics from the first two weeks, I don't think. Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that's going to be their franchise quarterback. I still think they need to look to find that. But I think he's pretty solid. And I think they could probably manage to sneak into the playoffs. Uh, just given their start and given how good their defenses look the first two weeks. But I definitely would say they're still a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender.
2: Um, yeah, I I I think the Broncos are are definitely solid. I mean, they're 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 a good defensive team, but I, I agree with Nick. I just, just I still have questions of whether or not you know Teddy is good enough to be able to get into the playoffs. Um, and they're going to miss Jerry Judy a lot in some of these more tougher games, um, uh, because he was so good in that first game, and it looked like he was Teddy's first target. Uh, Cortland Sutton has been incredible. He was incredible in the in the first in, in, in the first game without Judy against the Jags. Um, but we'll see if that continues. They obviously have a lot of good depth. With Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler, um, but you know it's it's I think it's a wait and see situation until they play some tougher opponents. I mean the Giants and the Jags are just that's just not a very good schedule. I honestly think the Raiders have been really impressive still. I I mean I've been beating the drum all since the the first podcast we talked about the NFL of the Raiders. They've been so impressive. Derek Carr is playing at such a good level, um, and and they've beaten two really. Tough opponents in the in Baltimore and the Steelers, um, and I think they've shown enough improvements on defense. Their defense isn't perfect, but with the addition of Ngakwe, I think that just helps their other other pass rushers so much. Um, and their defensive line is is legit. Um, Big Ben was having so much trouble in that game getting the ball to his receivers on time, uh, and I just think that the Raiders are, are, are definitely a real threat in that, in that division as well. I mean, I, I, this division race is going to be a lot closer than I think we thought going into the season, just because, especially now that the, the chiefs have kind of slipped up, um, against the Ravens. Um, but it, uh, you know, we'll see what happens this week against the chargers. I still expect the chiefs to win, but you know, I think all three teams in this division have shown that they've all improved a lot. I'm right there with you now with the Raiders. I think
1: of every team in the NFL that I've watched so far that I've at least gotten a glimpse of, I think the Raiders are by far the most impressive that I've seen. Like they look very complete on both sides of the ball. Obviously defense, they're probably playing a little above what their capabilities are for an entire season. But another, the reason I brought that up another guy that I feel like we need to mention that they brought in uh, this off season was Casey Hayward and, as of right Man, now, he's, he's been, been the, insane. Yeah. He's been the highest rated cornerback in the NFL, according to PFF. So that's all you really need to know about that guy. He's, and uh, <laughs> like I said, uh, a couple of podcasts ago, when I thought he was still on the chargers saying that getting Casey Hayward back for a season would really help the chargers defense. Well, I was correct about helping a defense. It was just <laughs> the, <fucking> Raiders <laughs> the, <defense>. the
3: Raiders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, imagine if he was on the chargers defense, how good they'd be. But, yeah, I just wanted to shout out him. <laughs> shout out Ted Thompson for not – R.I.P. Ted Thompson. Shout out him for not paying Casey Hayward to stay in Green Bay. But oh, whatever. And so we have Kevin King's bum ass.
0: I'm, I'm really surprised with the Broncos. Um, I was concerned at the start of the year, as I said, with Teddy. I thought Teddy would do enough to keep you in games, but not necessarily win. Uh, that's been kind of enough. Uh, these upcoming few games will be – kind of key for them. That defense is for real though. That defense is absolutely for real. Their first real test to me though, like I think <laughs> it's quite possible that their first three games will be against number one, two, and three picking in the draft, Uh Giants, Jaguars, and Jets. Um So need to take a little bit of stock in that. Uh But that defense, I think the offense might regress a little bit but the defense itself will, that'll stay the same. Um, They've been really impressive. I don't see any signs of them being able to slow down. The Raiders too have really, really impressed me. Um, Derek Carr has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Super happy for him. I think at this point they don't need to, they've answered everything I think that they need to answer with him. He should be their guy going forward. I thought the discussions that, oh, you know, maybe we move off of him kind of, premature almost um really like what they've been doing too and the rest of the west we've already uh we've already kind of touched on here he uh, looks like
1: I, pre-injury Derek Carr oh my awesome. gosh
0: yeah he does like it's awesome to see too uh did he get he got hurt, he got banged up last week and then came back in right yep. yeah and still had a absolutely phenomenal game I, like there were so many injuries last week, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out Carson Wentz. Um, we, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe we mentioned him yet, but I've never heard something more Carson Wentz than spraining both of your ankles. That was a um, brutal
1: injury. It looked worse than it was. He got kind of lucky. The yeah, replay looked really bad.
0: Yeah. yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how long he's. Uh, I haven't read on how long he's kept out for, but I do know ankle sprains can be. A, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays this week.
2: Honestly, it seems like it's he's trying to. He was trying to get back into the game last
3: week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: It didn't look bad. Like he was happened? walking on
3: both of them.
1: Yeah.
2: I
0: don't think
1: it was yeah. like a severe sprain. Yeah, right.
3: Gathered right after it. I was just watching the sideline and I just saw him double limp off. Usually you limp on one foot or one. He was hobbling on both. And then he throws his helmet at the sideline. I'm like, oh God, we're toast. <laughs> we're yeah. bad. And the no one in this stadium had any idea that like he was hurt and then they had like a five minute drive and we go out down three to go either tie it up or win and everyone's like what what why is eason in there where's carson and i'm like dude <laughs> he just literally just threw his helmet like he's i don't know but yeah. we and we also gathered that, game, that
1: eason is not the guy yeah well
3: i mean guy. that's an impossible I'm situation just, to be I'm, <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding i'm thrown kidding thrown into but I mean, we definitely should have won that game. We had two chances in the within the 10-yard line, first and goal. I mean, one of them was from the one-yard line, first and goal, and you can't score any points. We definitely should have won that game. Up the snap? No, that was a halfback dive right into Aaron Donald, three plays in a row, and then you try to fake roll out and get sacked for 10 yards. And then That's the other one talking. was a – in a shuffle career. Like a shuffle pass. I mean, definitely if you punch both of those in or maybe even one in a field goal, it's a whole different game, and I think we would have won. But, yeah, I mean, definitely Carson's the biggest question mark. I think we're still fine at this point as long as he's not out for a long time. But we'll see what happens. We still got three brutal games on the road coming up, so – I guess Miami, if two is still out, won't necessarily be too tough anymore, but we shall see.
2: Yeah, I really felt like the Colts should have won that game. They played really well. Um, The one last game I wanted to talk about was uh, the Seahawks-Titans game. I was there over the weekend. Um, Yeah, that was kind of a crazy game. Uh, The Seahawks looked – Great in the first half, going out to a 24 to 9 lead. Um, you know, it was just the same, it felt like the same things that it, had they'd it really shown from the first week how dynamic their offense looked from the, pa- from the passing perspective. Tyler Lockett, you know, still balling out, um, getting a lot of receptions and getting open deep down the field. Um, but then it's just a, the kind of the same themes that have been happening recently with the Seahawks is that in the second half, they, they kind of start playing conservative and they don't um, put the pedals in the metal and try to win these games. Um, and uh, I think it really comes down to just kind of uh, offensive creativity for one in the, in, the, in the second half, not relying on running the ball and trying to completely chew clock all the time. Um, it's definitely important to, you know, manage the clock well. Um, but I think it's it's better to manage the clock by continuously getting first downs rather than, you know, just running the clock, uh, you know, with, with with Chris Carson or whoever running back is – whatever running back is in play. Um, and I think that kind of happens is that Pete Carroll kind of goes into this, this three-down mindset, and then on fourth down, whether it be fourth and three, fourth and two – whether or not we're in midfield or not, you know, he doesn't ever, he doesn't ever want to go for it because he wants to play conservative. We have a good punter with Michael Dixon and, you know, he trusts him to be able to get, get the other, you know, get the ball inside the 20, which he's really good at, but at the same time, it's, it's, you know, when you're facing a team like Tennessee that has such a good offense that, you know, can attack you multiple ways, whether it be, you know, drawing penalties or um, with, you know, uh, big receivers like AJ Brown and Julio Jones or giving the ball to Derrick Henry, he was phenomenal that game, uh, uh, and um, I just feel like that's the position where Pete Carroll and the Seahawks need to improve on G- going forward on fourth downs, kind of like what the Ravens do to just keep their offense on the field. Because there's no reason with Russell Wilson at quarterback that you can't complete some of those fourth and threes, fourth and twos, um, into you know into in, 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 into first downs. Like their offense is you know one of the best in the NFL. Um, But, yeah, I'm not overreacting too much to that game. I think the Seahawks will bounce back this week against the Vikings. Um, But it's just unfortunate to see that some of these same problems are transitioning into the season, even though I feel like our team is a lot better overall.
1: I'll give the Packers 10 seconds. They won the game. Answered zero questions on defense because Jared Goff couldn't hold onto the ball in the second half. So Eric Stokes should start over, Kevin King. That's about all that we get from that game. We, uh, we, we
0: reached that conclusion pretty early last week, too. And then immediately have, it we, uh, backed itself up, right?
1: What, Kevin King?
0: Well, uh, that Stokes should start over. I saw it was oh, yeah. emphasized at some point. I don't know if that's because King but, messed up.
1: It was he, because King messed up. I was going to say, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> He's just not that good. He also, he's just not fast enough to you know, whatever. Yeah. We don't have to talk about Packers. They, they won. On to the think, future. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's go on to the future.
0: On to the future. Uh, I guess we have to talk about the Thursday night game here. Uh, <laughs> it's Texans Panthers. Uh, I'll give kind of a preview of what to potentially expect from our end. Uh, we are going to run the ball a significant amount of time with our four running backs, uh, Hopefully, hopefully that turns out well. Um, If we can do a, here's how we, here's how we cover. Um, We run the ball. We actually are able to move the ball on the ground, setting up easy play action plays or simple passing plays, allowing Davis Mills to pretty much just do the bare minimum game manage. Let the offensive line take care of business and let the defense hold Sam Darnold. That may be a harder task than it should be. I don't know how good the Panthers line has been, but what I do know is the Texans secondary this year has been much, much improved, as has the whole defense, frankly. We have more interceptions this year already than we had all of last season combined. We have also forced around half the amount of turnovers this year that we had all of last year combined through two weeks. So the defense is for real. The offensive line is for real the wide receivers are for real running backs are for real it's just the biggest question for us right now is how does quarterback play hold up and that'll be the biggest uh determining factor i personally think carolina wins this game and covers but uh seattle i know you were uh you were thinking otherwise on this one
2: yeah i like the i like the value of the texans um just because i think uh um, even though, I, I mean, I was just talking about how Carolina's been really impressive defensively and, you know, Darnold has been really impressive. Um, you know, I, it's still early in the NFL season and there's, a, you know, a lot of variants that can happen in, you know, in, in the early part of the season. So I feel like it's 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 kind of strange to give a team like the Panthers who have, you know, in recent history have not been very impressive in terms of having these eight-point spreads, uh I, I feel like that's a lot of points to give a team that we still have a lot to learn from uh and the texans even though like they're putting out a pretty much an unknown at quarterback um i like the value there and i you know i think that and the texans have been really impressive in the their first couple games this season um much more than what we've expected so uh i think it's i think they'll put i think they could play close and maybe even win just because Carolina still could be going through some growing pains with how young how young a team they have
1: yeah you also have to know that the Thursday night games don't count towards whatever the regular season act is doing because every Thursday night <laughs> game goes pretty much the opposite of any way you think the game's gonna go one bit of- I, I, I one- swear to God every single game every single Thursday night game is like that you just watch it and you're like oh there should be yeah i hate thursday night games for that purpose one bit
0: of of texans history really quick uh the last time a rookie quarterback uh made his debut for the texans starting a game on a thursday night it was in cincinnati it was extremely ugly and he's now going on the commissioner's exempt list so maybe that's a good sign for (laughs) davis mills short term for the game not long term certainly we don't want that but uh yeah, that's a little piece of Texans history there. Um, <laughs> <Jesus>. Okay, so <laughs> other games besides Thursday. Uh, what, what are we looking forward to this week? What picks are we liking for this week?
2: Um, I, really like, I really like the Washington football team. Uh, they opened up at plus nine, um, and they're now at plus seven and a half. So there's been a lot of action on them already. Uh, they're playing the Bills on the road. Um, and, you know, on face value, it would seem like the bills should win this game easily. Washington has kind of, you know, been middling against some kind of against, you know, lesser opponents, but the bills have also been doing that just not necessarily completely on the scoreboard. Um, their, their win against the dolphins, like we talked about, what was not as impressive as it, as it was. And Josh Allen, has been, you know, questionable to start the season, um, and I feel like with Washington, uh, Taylor Heineke has been really impressive. They're getting Curtis Samuel back, and he'll add a lot of um, and a lot more to that offense. Um, there, uh, Terry McLaurin was also so good in that Thursday night game. So I expect I expect their receivers to do really well, um, and in you know, and probably Antonio Gibson to get more involved because they need to get him the ball a lot more. Uh, so. Their defense, um, it, although probably not as impressive as last season. Um, so they may struggle against covering players like Stefan Diggs. Um, but uh, if, if, if their pass rush can really get to Josh Allen, I think that's, will be the key of, you know, continuing um, his kind of early frustrations in the season. Um, I'm, oh, blah,
1: blah, blah. Do you want to jump I'm gonna in? Go. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm um, going to go. I mean, probably America's game of the week is Buccaneers Rams. And I think that game's going to live up to all the hype that has surrounding it. I think the Rams are going to win this game. Also, I haven't been overly impressed with the Buccaneers, the Buck the Rams haven't looked great either, but I just just feel like in California, I don't know. I like the Rams offense a lot. I like the Buccaneers offense a lot. I think they're both teams are, these teams are pretty much mirrors of each other. They have really strong receiving running is just kind of a little bit of a question mark on both sides. Oh shoot. Is Henderson healthy? Do we know? Cause yeah, that would he, actually change. He
2: is questionable uh, for the game. Um, I, it, he has a rib injury, I believe. So I feel like that's kind of an injury that could potentially get worse throughout the season yeah. if they kind of continue to run him, like they. Because he's him. been
1: great so far. Yeah,
2: yeah, they, and he's been getting a ton of snaps. But Sony Michelle also looks pretty solid down the stretch of that Colts game. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, you know, they have him. They have Jake Funk, who's been on the team for a few years. I'm sure they have a, pl- a plan at running back if Henderson yeah. doesn't play.
1: I mean, they have to. Um, but yeah, I like the Rams. I've just been pretty impressed with them. Not, I have just haven't been that impress, impressed with the Bucs so far. Um, they didn't look awesome against the Falcons who got absolutely destroyed against the Eagles week one. So I think that's the main reason for my concern with the Buccaneers, because obviously we know that the Cowboys have looked pretty good week one and week two, but, um, the Bucs just ha- didn't look great against the Falcons, they needed two pick sixes just to like kind of close that game out, otherwise, it was going to be, go down to the wire. So, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna lean Rams here. I think it's going to be an amazing game. Um, and I'll definitely be tuning in for it, but I don't know if I necessarily put money on it. That this isn't my pick, I'll put it that way for my betting. But
2: I actually got my actually, eyes on it. I bet the Bucks. I just kind of you like did the val- I, yeah. I like the value of the minus one and kind of the short money line just mm-hmm. because I, I think. I think the the um, the Rams' offense, you know, has definitely been really impressive to start the season, but uh, I could just I could see um, the 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 Bucks' defensive line kind of getting to Stafford a little bit, kind of kind of what sure. happened with uh, the Colts last week. They they were able to rush the passer pretty well.
3: Yeah, I've got a couple picks for this week. I really like the Chargers to cover six and a half. Against the Chiefs this year and last year, the Chiefs really haven't been pulling away from teams. They've been keeping it close. And especially last year, they would find a way to win at the end of the game, but they were always given big spreads. So I, and I, I think the Chargers are a really good team and they have a pretty solid defense who you can't keep their offense in check, but you can, limit the damage as well as possible and i also like the seahawks minus one and a half in minnesota the vikings have not i I mean they gave a good fight to the cardinals last week and probably should have ended up winning and i guess they lost in overtime week one but i think the seahawks bounced back after a tough loss and one and a half i mean come on give me that
2: yeah, that um, line didn't really make any sense to me because, especially like, I consider the Colts to be better than the Vikings, and we were like three point favorites on the road for that game. And it's like one and a half year, like that's that just, yeah. That, I mean, I'm just kind of thinking objectively; that just seems weird. Yeah, I thought so that was weird too. I
0: heard it. I heard it kind of worded that the Vikings are two plays away from being two and zero. Oh. Um, true, but I still don't think they're a good team. Um, so. While they could potentially be two and O in another world, they would be a bad two and and0 team. Uh, the ones I'm really looking at, Arizona minus seven is just like very obvious to me that that would make a ton of sense. Um, outside of that, like a lot of these, these are very large lines in a lot of these cases. Um,
1: I really like Dolphins. or uh, the Raiders spread. I like yeah, Raiders minus four. Raiders minus four is another. Especially product. since two has been ruled out this week. They announced that today. So I think the Raiders are going to their, – their offenses look really good. Um, and if their defense continues to get that pass rush, their, the Dolphins offensive line, like we've mentioned earlier, has just been awful. So I expect One, that game to maybe I've, even get ugly.
0: I've been going back and forth on that Eagles-Cowboys game it's going to be a fun game. If the Eagles didn't have those two major injuries, I would really really ju- I consider Eagles money line there. Um now I'm not so sure about that one. So I'm just going to stick with the uh, with my two uh with my two picks there. It's uh you know,
2: I I think that that's going inter- to it's it, the thing about the Eagles is that like they going into the season, you know, were we're not really an impressive team like that. No one was really cat an eye on them, but because of Jalen hurts play so far this season, I, I feel like they've become so intriguing. And it, you know, I think that that's the big thing of them is that even though their are def- their defensive line is missing, um, you know, they may miss Taylor and Graham. that's been really unfortunate for them. Um, and Brandon Brooks and me on an IR like that's huge. Um, but if Hurts can be able to continue his good play i think they could they could definitely upset the cowboys for sure and and also the fact that amari cooper might not play in that game cuz he has a rib injury
0: that cowboys team has been fun to watch oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, eagles have eagles have been pretty impressive for me too i wasn't a you know who's been very underwhelming for me that i still think is going to win the super bowl the san francisco 49ers um, <laughs> they have just kind of like the Detroit game aside, I don't. I'm not going to count that one. That is just the definition of like we have a lead, we can stop playing. Um, mm-hmm. Last week's game, it's like they they just don't quite have it together yet. Um, it was a very ugly win, but they got the win in the end. So um, I'm waiting for San Francisco to kind of have that signature moment of, you know, we're here, we're this. Super Bowl contending team, because I haven't quite seen it uh, seen it yet, but we're only two weeks in.
1: Kyle, Shanahan, if you're listening, I, I'm assuming you are, you listen every week. Um, if you're listening, throw it to Brandon Ayuk, please, for the love of God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of my fantasy teams are begging for it my Trey Sermon, rookie of the
0: your <laughs> pick isn't looking good yeah, your Tracer, pick, not <laughs> yeah, a, no, he
1: uh, got also like i hope he's all right he got absolutely destroyed in the his one carry he got hit in the
2: neck and the head, like three different places i that's guess kind he, of a scary he, hit he practiced today Lynn limited wow, today. that is I, shocking like uh, the non-contact, non-contact okay good so that's like, yeah <laughs> limited
0: so, is one way to put it yeah um, very limited I'm sure. so
2: i um i i he probably won't play this week but i, I like that that, that that trying to figure out that running back situation right now is like you know reading a novel and trying to like figure out like, oh, like there's a new character there i was like, like, oh, <laughs> that. like who's this guy like <laughs> i
1: think honestly i think it's elijah mitchell's to lose as long as he's healthy it's his to lose at this point they they give him like they gave him 17 carries last week yeah uh, i mean
2: but but they're also that- it's like they worked out they worked out like three they worked out duke johnson because well, Hasty and
1: uh, all three of those guys got injured that, that game, yeah, like that's what yeah. they had to.
2: Yeah, but they worked them out, and then they signed uh, Jacques Patrick and uh, and uh, um, Chris Thompson today off into oh. the practice squad. So it's like, like, huh. so I don't know. They literally have like 15 guys they've been connected yeah. to, and, and they, like,
1: have yeah, they have on Johnson. Yeah, Kevin Carryon. Uh, I think once Jeff Wilson comes off the IR, he's going to be the guy. Yeah, own I think so, too. In fantasy. Absolutely. Who knows? You get like all of those guys also get injured. It's like your requirement for being a 49ers running back is you have to be really streaky and really injury prone.
2: Yeah. Are you alive? Like, can yeah. You play today?
1: <laughs> like, I think I could probably get five fantasy points for Kyle Shanahan, given their play style. Yeah. Probably. Not, not actually. I'm, fu- I'm fat and slow. and. <laughs> Pull my hamstring every time I try to run. Now, there's a lot
0: of, uh, there's a lot of. I guess he's very open too, which is kind of jarring to me, uh, at times with uh, roster decisions. Um, I'll come around to it, but just very transparent with what he is thinking at almost all times, uh, for better or for worse.
2: Well, I mean, he's getting away with it. I mean, they're two and zero. Oh mean, yeah. If they, if they if they would have blown that game against the Lions or lost against the Eagles, I feel like the story would be a lot different. But also at the same time, it's like I feel like they're they, he's playing a long term view with this team, and you know, I think he knows who the real guys are. Like I look, will will probably be on the team for a long time. It's just you know, it's like they he wants to he wants to build these put these young players the right way. It seems like. And keep and and had them grow with Trey Lance the right way, and I think he's fine, you know, playing like this. Because um, I mean, I still think we'll see Trey Sermon. I still think we'll see all these guys, but I think he wants them to kind of earn their way through the NFL, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Instead of instead of just you know, completely just putting the bag on some of the veterans that they've had that they've relied upon, you know, on their Super Bowl run even, you know, throughout the few that uh, throughout these few last seasons.
0: Yeah, it's it's an exciting time uh for the 49ers and honestly for the rest of the league because it's still it's early enough, you know, I feel like week 4 is really where the the first cutoff kind of comes for me uh with, you know, who's going to who's going to contend, who's in trouble versus whose season is just entirely over um i remember because the texans started 4-0 one season it was like 92 percent chance of making the playoffs i was like fuck yeah so that's that's probably why i'm thinking of the week four cut off there but i don't think it'll be as exciting of a week as last week but uh one can hope um this will be like an unrecorded part do we want to cut here and do a quick baseball one while we're here just two separate again talk a tiny bit of baseball or what's the
2: thing
3: we yeah, how much is, how much, is
2: for... how much has changed really yeah though? Like, okay. i mean outside that's I feel like the, i feel like the main thing that is really kind huh. of been locked down is that like the, the cardinals seem like they're gonna make the, the
0: yeah card. so that that'll be a next week thing yeah yeah okay
1: i don't think we need to do baseball
0: yeah, good call so I, i'll just uh i'll wrap it up and kylie will uh mark this uh mark this down in about an hour yeah um, So last call, I guess, anything football, anything sports before we wrap up for the week, anything?
2: Um, Well, the Ryder cup is this week. I I guess I should talk about that a little bit um, just because if anyone's interested in what's going on with that, um, the matchups have not been posted yet, um, but it should be a really interesting tournament. Um, I expect the USA to win. Their team is just so much better top to bottom than the European team. But um, historically, Europe has has not been an easy out in this tournament and they definitely won't be this year. They have a lot of really good ball striking talent, you know, especially with John Rahm and Victor Hovland. I mean, it would be, um, I, I expect that both of those guys to be top notch along with Rory, um, Paul Casey on the team, you know, should really be good for the European squad. Um, but they'll really need some guys like Matthew Fitzpatrick and uh, T-Roll Hatton to step up. There was some top-tier players that haven't been good recently. Um, Tommy Fleetwood as well. He just lost his PGA Tour card. Um, they're gonna have to expect a lot from him. Uh, but um, their squad is solid, and you know, Europe has always come come you know to play in these tournaments. Um, you know, having Ian Poulter and Sergio Garcia there. Um, they have a ton of leadership along with Lee Westwood. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on the European squad at all, but uh, you know, it's, it really all depends on how seriously the USA wants to take this uh, because they have the talent to easily win it. Um, you know, I, I expect everybody who, who made the team, um, you know, to play well, but the biggest question marks I'd say are, you know, Kepka, he, uh, he got an injury and then tour championship. So it's not clear of whether or not he's um, hundred uh, uh, percent. So he may not play a ton of matches this week, but if he's back to, you know, his normal level, then yeah, you, you should expect him to be a huge factor in the tournament. But um, overall, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure if Koepka, um will be a hundred um, percent. There've been a lot of question marks about him recently. Um, Bryson DeChambeau is playing in the long drive competition. Which a lot of people have questioned whether or not that will affect his play um, in the actual tournament. Um, I don't think it will, but um, it, uh, I expect Bryson to play really well. Uh, he put like, he, he looked really good in, in the playoff in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, and and I'd say the other big question uh, that's just kind of more so from my end um, that I've seen is uh, Cal Kawa has kind of in a slump recently. And so there have been a lot of people predicting that he won't be in a lot of maps, um, which is kind of crazy to see because, you know, he just won the British Open just a few months ago. But ever since then, it's just his putting, which, you know, he used to great degree to be able to win the British Open um, has really fallen off since then. Um, That's kind of been a big part of big question mark in his game. Um, you know, when he's won tournaments, you know, he's putted amazingly, but you know, there's been a lot of weeks where his putter has really been a detriment to his game. Uh, he's still a great ball striker. I mean, I definitely expect him to bounce back. Um, but, um, you know, we'll see if, uh, if this environment, um, you know, uh, kind of gets to him a little bit because putting is such a big part of match play. Um, and uh, if he's not able to make some of those crucial putts, um, that be, might, might be big for the U.S. coming in mean, some of these big matchups. Um, but outside of that, you know, I expect everybody else on Team USA to be really good. Um, the team they have is really solid. And I think Steve, Cher- Steve Stricker did a good job of picking, you know, really good ball strikers for Team USA um, and not necessarily going with the kind of conservative approach like with guys like, you know, uh, Stricker or uh, like uh, not guys like, uh, I'm sorry, um, like Kevin Na or Webb Simpson. Um, they really needed good ball striking and, uh, you know, uh, distance to be able to win here. So, yeah, I expect the USA to win. I would not bet them. Um, I just kind of wait for the matchups to come out and see what you like. Stuff. Go golf.
0: Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, Love that guy. Tony
2: Fleetwood. <laughs> He'll get it back.
0: He'll get it back. So that is all the time we have for this week. Thank you for sticking around with us. Uh we will be back next week. Baseball potentially. Maybe Ben Simmons gets moved. Who knows? But hopefully an exciting week of action ahead. And we will see you guys then.